So today we're at the third destination. And today's message is about the principle of first. And this is important because this is, again, dealing with a heart issue in a certain way, but an understanding of, of who is first in your life in this respect. Okay? So Genesis 4, 1 through 7. All right, are you ready for this? Little kids, please cover your ears. Adam made love to his wife, Eve. Everybody's like, well, this is going to be a great sermon today. Okay? And she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now, Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. Okay? So we see one was a farmer kind of thing, right? And we see the other was, was more of a livestock kind of guy, right? One was dealing with plants, and one was dealing with animals. Okay? And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and in his offering. But on Cain and his offering... Um, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do what is right, if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now, when we look at the background here, we understand Adam and Eve, right? Mom and dad, Cain and Abel. We also understand with the background of this story, most scholars believe, this is the, the popular thought with scholars and theologians, that these guys were twins. You didn't hear that she became pregnant twice. You just heard that she gave birth twice, right? And we understand that these, each of these guys had different gifts and talents that God had entrusted them as their jobs, per se. Now, remember, when we think of the economy, all of us typically, outside of myself, Okay, because I'm always trying to bargain with somebody. You ever do that? You ever try to barter? Well, like, I got this. You want to trade this for that? That's it. You want to trade this for that kind of thing? All right. But most of the time in our economy, we use money. Well, these guys, okay, what did they have? Their livelihoods and what they did, whether it was livestock or crops, remember? And this is why we get this terminology, first fruits, when you think about it in this way. Okay? Are you with me? Okay. So why didn't Cain, this is the question that stands this morning, first and foremost, why didn't Cain bring his first fruits? Now you've got to kind of read deep in some ways in this respect to, to understand. Th these guys were at, at older, you know, they had jobs, they are established in this sense, they had opportunity, they had seen probably tithe and offering before, right, from their parents or, or throughout their lives in this way. They weren't kids in this respect, okay? So they had an opportunity over time to give. But we see here that Cain didn't give completely, right? He didn't give of his first fruits. Now, why do you think he didn't do this? Why do you think he didn't give? Because there was something in his heart. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Just literally two, two points, two thoughts. Um, and we're going to talk about this heart again, but it's the heart of two individuals, okay? And the two players that are in this story today, Cain and Abel, and we're going to talk about their hearts and what we know about them. Now, how do we know about the heart of Cain? Not a lot is told here in this, in this portion of Scripture, but we look throughout Scripture as a whole to find the heart and the, the history and, and the, the feedback from others about individuals from the Word. Jude 1.11, we see this. Woe to them, they have taken the way of Cain. They have rushed for profit into Balaam's error. They have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. What does this way of Cain mean? 
What does this way of K mean? You see his response, right? When, when, when God talks back to him, you see his response. He was angry and he was downcast. What does this way of Cain look like? This way of Cain is this greed and rebellion that's natural in our hearts. Think about it. We naturally are greedy. Do you, can you be honest with yourself? You naturally want to make sure that you're completely taken care of before you do anything else for somebody else. We're naturally greedy in most things, right? And we naturally like to rebel a little bit against the system. Are you completely compliant against the system? Not necessarily. Tear down the system. All of a sudden, Rage Against the Machine comes on. I'm like, guys, you got to calm down. There's media, cut it out, you know, kind of thing. There's naturally within us greed and rebellion. It's part of the fall of man. This is part of sin. This is part of the, the human nature, right? That's naturally within us. What does this greed and rebellion do to us, though? It can stop us from giving God our first. And this is so important for us, so important for us to understand this, that giving God our first is the most important thing we can do. Gives us a feeling that we can do whatever we want with how we want to do it. You see that in Cain's response, how he gets angry. You think about that. God was just asking him a question. Have you ever had somebody, okay, you're having a bad day, all right? Everybody, you've had a bad day before, right? You're like, every day. <laughs> I'm Batman. It's like you got to calm down, Batman, okay? But y you have a bad day, and somebody comes over to you and be like, how are you today? You're like, why are you so happy? <laughs> I had a bad day. No, well, I am angry. I am downcast. That response comes out of greed and saying, well, God, didn't I give enough? I can give you what I want and how I want and whenever I want to do it. That's a natural, natural response of man. We want to do what we want, right? Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. I remember when I was a kid, I, I was a pretty compliant kid for the most part. But whenever somebody would tell me something like, you're stupid. Oh, Really? Oh, really? I'm stupid. And then I just <laughs> land blast them. God knew that I was going to be a communicator someday because I'm really quick on the wit stuff when somebody tries to put me down. Anybody with me on that? I'm like, oh, you're right. Taking off the earrings. I was back in the Queen Latifah day with a door knocker. <laughs> you know, you... That was my response, though, right? And a lot of times we can fall into that type of response in our lives when, when we're confronted with things. But here's the thing. God's different. He's not just any Joe Schmo walking down the road next to you challenging to something. He is God. Now, I know we have to have that, that common base there of understanding of who God is to us in this world in which we live and how important he is in his scripture and the mandates and all these things. But he's God, okay? And naturally, yes, we are men. And naturally, we want to do what we want when we want to do it. Let me ask you this. What if we gave what we wanted when we wanted in the other relationships of our lives? Okay? You're like, oh. What if your friend calls you up? Say, Stephen, hey, um, I'm stranded like three miles from you. Okay? And you're in the middle. What's your favorite movie? I don't know. This is a great film. Uh, it's about a confused kid in the front row of church <laughs> trying to make it in the world. But what if you're watching? I don't know. 
And your friend calls you. How about, we'll come back to that later. Your friend calls you and says, Stephen, can you come pick me up? My car broke down. I'm in the middle of, I don't know. They're like, what is I don't know? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a great movie. What if you operated like that in your friendships, though? Would that work too well? Okay, let's think about this. If you're dating, engaged, married, okay, guys, what if your wife said, honey, that's normally how it starts, or baby, can you help me with this? And it gets real sweet like that. And what, what if you did not fulfill your end of the deal on whatever? Do you think that marriage relationship will pan out too well for you? Most likely not. So the question is, with our relationship with God, if there's things that are in the Word that are mandates, the basis of the relationship, why wouldn't we listen to Him too? I'm telling you, just as I've shared even today, on the other side of this obedience in the relationship, right, there's provision, right? Not your best lot. No, I'm not going to do it. Not prosperity gospel. I'm not saying that, but provision for what you need, Okay? Because that's part of the relationship. We can test him in it. He's going to take care of his kids and his stuff. That's what an amazing, great father does. The only thing we have when things like this happen in our lives is our response. You can't control what happens in life, but you can control how you respond to the things that you learn along the way. Proverbs 19.3, people ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. Don't be foolish and then respond out of folly, right? Rather, Proverbs 3, 9 through 10, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then, I love this, your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Why would they, why would they be overfilled? So that you can do what? Give to somebody else. It's the best feeling ever to give. And as you are given, you will give, and they'll just keep flowing and flowing and flowing. This is a sense of honor that goes back to the heart. Exodus twenty three nineteen, Bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. Simply bring the best. What does that look like? Where do you first give? Remember, we understand that we give in honor to God. He tells us where to give and believe that that will be honored too on the other side of it. We don't grieve after the fact. We give because we're supposed to. You see what I'm saying here? Again, I have never been taught this stuff growing up. Can you believe that? And I don't want you guys to go through life not knowing what the Bible says about how we should give with all we have. So much so for me, are you ready for this? And I shared a little bit with you last week. As I was preparing this week, getting ready for Sunday, um, I looked at my bank account, all right? That'll scare you. But I looked at my bank account, and I looked, and I looked at how I paid the things that I'm supposed to pay in my life. Can I tell you what was not my first fruit and my very best? My tithe, right? So much so that I stopped prep, went over to send out the checks all right, that needed to go to the right place before I could continue on prepping for today's message. Are you with me on that? I get convicted just like anybody else because I want to honor God. And I can tell you that Karen and I have been so blessed in so many ways, and I've shared a lot of stories with you guys. You've heard a lot. 
But the thing is, I feel like by not being completely obedient, right, leaving a little bit of leeway, that, that has affected our finances on the other side of stuff because I didn't completely honor God. And things have been devoured bit by bit here and there by the enemy. How much more then, if I do what's right on the front end, will I be blessed? Right? So that I can do the same for somebody else. I get so upset because I can't give more. Well, if I gave the right thing at the right time, I could give more every time. You see what I'm saying? It's important for our heart to be in the right place. That was the heart of Cain. But there's also another one, like I told you about earlier, the heart of Abel. How do we know about the heart that Abel possessed? Again, we look to Scripture, Hebrews 11.4. By faith, look, this is the hall of faith, remember that? By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous. When God spoke well of his offerings, and by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. Even though he is dead, his life still speaks. I hope that somebody, someday somebody can say the same about us. That our generosity and our gifts that we gave to God and others will live on beyond us. The writer of Hebrews made it clear that Abel possessed a heart of great faith. That Abel was someone who was declared righteous in God's eyes because what he gave and the heart that he gave with. I think about the story of the widow in 1 Kings who was down to her last bit of food and oil. You may have heard this story before, right? Um, and the prophet Elijah comes along and tells her, hey, I need you to go ahead and make me something to eat, all right? Can you imagine this? A single mom of a husband who has passed away, and this prophet comes along and says, hey, I see you have a little bit of oil left, you know what I mean? A little bit of flour. Can you make me something great to eat? Moms, what would you do? Throat punch him. <laughs> We're like, you don't even know how hard it is trying to take care of this kid by myself. And then you're going to come along the way. But here's the thing. Scripture says that God had pre-prepared her heart for him to come. And that's key for us, that our hearts are pre-prepared to give as God sees fit. You see what I'm saying? It's important for us because on the other side of that, her vats never stopped flowing because there, there was a famine going on, right? Until there was a drought where it wouldn't rain and it was overflowing until the time of rain. On the other side of her, of her obedience was the provision. The provision that was long-term. What if she said no then? They would surely die later. Obedience is key. Obedience. We look at the faith of the people of God in Joshua 6.19. Listen to this. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. Why all? Did you hear a percentage there? Did anybody hear a percentage? Like the first fruits of all of, no, all. Because they were talking about the promised land and the first stop was conquering Jericho. The first stop, the first fruit of their conquest was Jericho. So God says, take everything into the house of the Lord. We see that the people of Israel understood this, that if we want God to bless us beyond Jericho, we got to give him the first fruits at Jericho. In Genesis, remember last week I talked about this during our reflection time after worship, 22, 10 through 14. This is when we see the obedience of Abraham. You remember that? Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son, but the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am. 
He replied, do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not, lay, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Listen to the, the, the pictures that are being painted here. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket, he looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. God had Abraham's attention, and Abraham had God's attention in this moment. He said, now I know. God's testing the heart of man. Now I know, and on the other side of the test is the provision, the ram caught in the thickets. And you think about that. It may be hard to commit to this thing. I get it. But on the other side of it is the absolute provision that God has for you. Matthew 6, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. It's where we place the emphasis. On him first. On him first. That's key for us. It's all about trusting God first and then allowing him to provide the rest. So I want to pose a thought to you guys. This is kind of a conclusion time. This thought is the great offense. The great offense. Thinking about what God has done for us, we can't help but be grateful, right? Survey the list of your life and the things that God has done. Okay, are you with me? You can find something. You've got to be able to find at least one, two, three, a thousand things. Start looking within your life. What what has God, it brings gratefulness to your heart, right? But we still wonder from time to time, don't we? Why? Why do I have to honor God like this? Matt, you guys can come up if you don't mind. Why do I have to honor God like this? It's just finances. It's just money. What, what, look, you know how much time I donate to the church? You know how, what I do behind close? Absolutely. And that's great. That's important. But what I'm saying is this, where your treasures are, that's where your heart's at, right? That's where you find your heart. And the things that you treasure most show what kind of shape your heart is in. It seems as though that's the way Cain felt in Genesis 4, 6. He was angry and he was offended by God's response to him. Imagine what he felt. He was probably pretty upset. But I gave to you. I gave He's like, you didn't give in the right way. And you definitely didn't give with the right heart. Think about this. Have we ever stopped to think that maybe we offend God? Maybe we offend God. Why? Think of what he gave. All this stuff in the Old Testament makes perfect sense in light of the New Testament. This sacrificial son, this right? That God would send his only begotten son as a once and for all so that what? So that we could be free, that we could have eternal life with him. Do you think we ever offend God in that way? When we say, look, you're asking me just to give of, of this stuff, my first fruits, and, and, and you've given so much more, God, you know what? You have every right to be offended. And I think what it may take, just like for me, was stopping Mid-sermon prep, 
I'm not exempt. I'm not exempt. 100% human and repenting and making things right to God. To God. So the question that I want to leave with you guys, if God would give us his best, why wouldn't we give him our best? Are you with me? If God would give us his best, why would we not give him our best? That's the first of everything. Are you with me? It's key. There's many times when I look at things and I'm like, why isn't this just working out? You know, God, you said you because I wasn't doing it right even still. It's not one of the bills every month. It's my response to God giving his best. It's showing that I trust him. Right? I trust him that he'll make 90% at the bottom go further than 100 can any day of my life. And I want to challenge you, especially students. Are you with me? Look at me. I know all of you are extremely loaded right now with student loan debt. (laughs) Welcome to the club. It's easier for you to start now when you don't make a lot, right, compared to when you do. Because if you start it now, when you get to later to then, It's just habit. And it's a healthy habit of honoring God. Right? It's healthy. Are you with me? So what this takes, the response in this is action in your personal life every day. Whatever you get, whatever is given to you, you give from it. Okay? You start it now. That's key. Are you with me? That's key. And that, that is, uh, I guess you would say, a, a moving altar call. Do this every day. And just wait to see what God will give back to you so that you can give to others. You don't do it for the prosperity. You do it for the provision. You with me? You do it so that you can help others. All right? Very practical, but very challenging nonetheless. What I want us to do is, as in, in conclusion, I'm going to give you a chance to respond if you would like as, as they lead us in a song. But I do want to make sure that we pray for our students as we go today, all right? Especially our seniors. So this, this is what I like to do. If, if you would, if you don't mind, seniors, could you stand, all right? And then what's going to happen? Don't feel awkward. Just stand up. Don't be afraid. Nobody's going to punch you in the back of the leg or anything. Are you senior? Okay, I'm just checking Stand up. Is there any seniors? Raise your hand if you're a senior. There it is. There's the honesty. All right. I didn't know I was a dentist. Not Citizen Rick. He raises his hand. He raised his hand. He raised his hand. Come in here if you're a senior. This is what I want us to do. Everybody that's around these seniors, if you could, stand around them. Stand up around them. Just put a hand on their shoulder, right? And what I want you to do, as I pray, you pray for them too, okay? And you pray for God's best in their life, right? You pray that God will provide for them as they they go out into this new life. (laughs) It's getting real, all right? That God will help them every single step of the way. And then he'll be their God 
not their parents' God, you know what I mean by this, but their God as they pursue the life that God's calling them to. I know some already have jobs lined up and stuff like that. It's exciting. We're going to pray, okay, and we're going to believe, okay? And then what we're going to do collectively is conclude in a time of worship. If you do need prayer, I'll be in the back right there waiting for you, okay? Make sense? Okay. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. We thank you, God, that uh, there have been many tests that these seniors have taken. And God, getting to this place, they've passed many, many tests. I pray, God, that you will help them to continue to pass the test of life every single opportunity they get with having the right hearts to honor you, with having the, the right hearts to be obedient, with having the right hearts to continue to follow you, with having the right hearts to succeed in the things that you have called them to. God, we speak blessing over their lives. God, we speak blessing over their lives. That jobs will be provided. If there's higher education still, that the next step will be clear as day. That God, you will make the path rise up for these, these future and current leaders of this church and of this world. That you would walk with them, God, and that you would guide them and that you would be their God every step of the and let them be quick to give you all honor and all glory for everything that you do, Lord. Give them the right heart. The heart of Abel. One who is righteous and filled with faith. Let him do what is right from this day forward, regardless of the past, from this day forward, completely right. And God, as we all stand together this morning, stand with me. As we stand together this morning, God, all of us, we pray that you would help us to do what is right. Like these seniors, us as well, the church, will do what is right in your eyes. And that we will have faith to believe and to trust. And that we will be declared righteous even after our death. We thank you. We love you. Jesus' name.